Hello and welcome to the History of Podcast. My name is Steve, your host, and I am here to share with you my passion for history. I am a U.S. history teacher. I teach 10th and 11th graders. So I will be using this podcast as a way to supplement some of my material in the classroom. To that end, I will be beginning each podcast with an essential question, and then I'll spend the rest of the podcast answering that question, much like I would do in a classroom. So for this episode, the first episode, it is going to be the history of the United States, part one. Please sit back and enjoy. Thank you for listening. History of the United States, Part 1, Native Cultures and Civilizations in the Americas. So today's essential question is, what were the cultures and civilizations in the Americas before Europeans arrived? Where did they come from and how did they develop such distinctive cultural identities? The United States of America was officially established in the year of 1776 with the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Before this date, however, this part of the world, known then as the quote-unquote New World, had a considerable history that goes back many thousands of years. While I do not want to get too into detail here, I will say that the peopling of the Americas is somewhat of a mystery. It's believed that ancient people from Siberia crossed the Bering Strait into Alaska, and I'm obviously using the modern geopolitical terms here. This took place about twelve to 15,000 years ago. These nomadic people spent years moving south and west as the Great Ice Age melted back. Imagine it, traveling this dangerous and diverse landscape from the Arctic Circle to the southern tip of South America in a constant effort to find food and shelter. Another possibility that was discovered through archaeological findings in Pennsylvania and Virginia, among others, have found that people, known as the Clovis people, may have come by boat, traveled along the coasts, then followed rivers inland and established settlements, along the riverbanks between eighteen and 40,000 years ago. It is likely a mix of these two established theories, as they are both supported by physical archaeological evidence. From the above sources, various cultures and civilizations grew in the Americas over thousands of years. It is thought that by the time Columbus made contact in 1492 with the Indians, that they were approximately 10 million human inhabitants in North America alone. Now, we will discuss Columbus and his influence later, but one thing was certain. This was not a land without culture or civilization. In fact, it was a land of many cultures. Even when I was growing up in the 1980s, Indian or Native Americans were implied to be one culture and one people, because that is what the textbooks at the time period thought. Not directly, but by omitting important details in the cultural diversity found in Native Americans. As an educator, it is important for me to include these details as much as possible. For instance, Native American societies spoke more than 400 distinctive languages, followed different religions, although most were nature-centric religions, engaged in warfare and traded with each other, and used numerous ways to exploit the land through farming and hunting practices based upon their particular locations. This diversity among the cultures created the conditions for different civilizations to pop up, just like the so-called 
quote-unquote, old world civilizations literally grew from agricultural revolutions. In this case, the revolutions began in the Americas about 7,000 years ago, or 5,000 BCE. Mastering agriculture made it so that people could settle in more or less one place and establish villages and eventually cities. That said, the transformation from nomadic peoples to sedentary depended greatly upon the culture, geographical location, and technology of the individual tribes. Although the vast majority of the native peoples of the Americas were living in self-governing villages, there were some massive civilizations that appeared with millions of people under one central government, some even controlling surrounding villages in a feudal system very similar to the kingdoms in Europe. Now, the fate of the native people of the Americas will be discussed later, when we get to European contact and colonization. For now, we will focus on a few of the civilizations that were found in the Americas prior to the arrival of Europeans. Among them were the Mayas, the Aztecs, and Incas. The years between 2000 and 1500 BCE saw the rise of small but permanent farming communities in Mexico, which is the southern region of the North American mainland. As stated above, agriculture played an important part of establishing cultural norms like religion, arts and crafts, pottery, scientific discoveries, and the administration of villages and cities by settling people into a more specific region. Sometimes as farming communities would go to war over control of an area and resources, other times they would trade with each other. One village might cultivate corn, or maize as they called it, while another cultivated avocados or pumpkins or raised cattle as they would trade with each other for resources that they didn't have. There were also times when warring tribes would be bound to one specific ruler. A chief who successfully took control of another tribe or village would assimilate them into his own tribe to consolidate power. Adding more strength, more tribes would be assimilated through warfare until empires were born. From 300 CE to about 900 CE, the Mayans, who had control of what is now Mexico and Central America, had large cities. These cities were densely populated, had huge temples and pyramids, palaces for the rulers, and were supported by numerous villages that surrounded the cities, all connected by intricate road systems. Around the year 900, the Mayans were displaced by invaders called the Toltecs, who disappeared about 300 years later. It is believed that a mix of droughts, fires, and outside tribal invaders forced them to flee. In stepped the Aztecs to control of this region in the late 13th century after the Toltecs were long gone. The Aztecs built a vast empire that encompassed approximately 5 million people in Mexico and Central America by the time of the Spanish invasion in 1519. The great city of Tenochtitlan was uh, established in 1325, and this is where modern-day Mexico City stands. It was a hub of economic activity, including gold, silver, copper, pearls, and agriculture. Meanwhile, further south, the Incas created a vast realm that included approximately 12 million people. The Incas built their power subjugating and assimilating many other tribes. This was accomplished through diplomacy, intermarriage, and military conquest, all of the political tools at their disposal and not unlike those used by Europeans. Much like the Aztecs, the Incas created a complex civilization with farming, great buildings, and roads connecting the disparate parts of the empire. Now we must travel north to discuss the variety of Native American cultures found in what is now Canada and the United States. There were several distinct civilizations. Among them were the culture of the Pacific Northwest, which was the largest group, the Hohokam 
Anazis of the Southwest and the Ohio River Valley's Adena Hopewell people and the Mississippi tribes. There were fundamental similarities between these tribes as they respected their elders, held nature to be sacred, and their settlements featured communal living. In spite of these similarities, the groups developed at different times, lived in different places, and spoke more than 240 different languages by the time Europeans arrived. They also sustained themselves in different ways, as some were farmers, some were hunters, and some were hunter-gatherers. The Pacific Northwest culture was found in a vast area extending more than 2,000 miles, from present-day California to British Columbia, all the way up to the southern portion of Alaska. Since he lived on the coast and on the islands off the coast, fishing was important, but so was hunting deer and mountain sheep. There was a large quantity of edible wild plants, so farming was not important to this society. They were great craftsmen when it came to utilizing the abundance of wood, so they lived in plank houses and used large canoes built from cedar. Socially, they had chiefs, commoners, and slaves making up the individual society. In fact, much of the warfare that took place between them and the surrounding tribes were to gain slaves. The Midwest of today once held the Adena Hopewell culture, which was marked with gigantic earthworks and burial mounds shaped like massive animals. This was a society of hunter-gatherers who lived in communities deliberately isolated from others. The burial mounds point to a very intricate social culture that had very distinctive divisions of labor. Although they lived in isolated communities, the trade network that they created spanned the entire continent. The Mississippian culture peaked between 900 and 1350, Living in the southern was living in the southern Mississippi Valley region. They had a distinctive set of chiefdoms similar to how kingdoms work in Europe. There were large towns complete with plazas and temples and thousands of residents. Agriculture was very important to the Mississippian cultures as the proximity to water produced fertile farmland. Large tracts of land were burned to clear out natural vegetation to plant crops that included maize or corn, beans and squash, among many others. Although the culture peaked in the 1300s, they were impacted first by climate change, which adversely impacted growing seasons, and then by diseases brought by Europeans, resulting in a period of steep decline. Present-day Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, and Utah saw the rise of irrigation-based cultures, still, and they still survive today in some form. They were the ancestors of the Hopis and the Zunis, who still live in some of the adobe cliff dwellings originating from earlier time periods. The Hohokam society was also from southern Arizona and northern New Mexico, or northern Mexico, but they vanished during the 15th century. No one understands exactly what happened to them. It is likely the usual mix of environmental changes and being forced out by invaders, but it is difficult to say. Another group, the ancestors of the Pueblos of today, were known as the Anasazi. They were found in the Four Corners region. The Four Corners are the meeting point of Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, and Utah. This culture did not have a strict structure in the, as the religious leaders and chiefs lived much the same as everyone else. Again, it is thought that the environmental issues such as drought hastened their decline in the 13th century. Due to environmental issues like droughts, the continuing invasions of other tribes, many of the tribes of the North American continent had been lost or adapted to new conditions by the time European invasion began in the 16th century. Although remnants of several of the tribes mentioned above remained, by 1500, natives could be categorized more or less by three regional groups known as the Great Plains Tribes, the Western Tribes, and the Eastern Woodlands Tribes. 
These groups will be broken down into several subgroups. It is important to note here that the variety and complexity of Native American cultures never ceases to impress, especially when you come from an educational tradition that marginalizes the variety by lumping together Natives as one people. The Great Plains tribes were primarily nomadic people and herded great numbers of bison. As the plains were a perfect environment for herding the animals, this was reflected in their culture. The tribes included Blackfeet, Apache, Sioux, and many others that had originally migrated from the east. The western tribes of the Pacific coast lived much like their ancestors by fishing, hunting, and gathering wild plants that could be consumed. They included the Tillamook, the Chinook, and other Salish tribes. Eastern Woodlands people by themselves can be categorized into three distinctive groups based upon the language family that they spoke. These languages were Algonquin, Iroquoian, and Muskegon. They occupied different regions that covered vast distances. Dozens of tribes that spoke Algonquin could be found from the New England in the east to the Great Lakes into the upper Midwest and south as far as the Carolinas. All of these tribes practiced a limited amount of agriculture, but they were excellent fishermen and hunters. Their villages ranged from, fi- ranged from 500 to 2,000 people, and they lived in round shelters known as wigwams. Iroquoian speakers could be found south and west of the Algonquin tribes, and they included the Seneca, Mohawk, Cayuga, and Cherokee, among others. Their lands spread from upstate New York and south through Ohio and Pennsylvania all the way to parts of Georgia. Their primary crop was corn, which allowed them to settle in permanent villages centered around farming. While the Algonquin were patriarchal, the Iroquoian society was matriarchal. That means that the clans were headed by women, and they were the ones who selected the chiefs, controlled property, and harvested the crops. This was due to the men being away on long hunting or trading trips. The villages often had log walls surrounding them, and the people lived in large bark-covered longhouses. The third group of eastern woodland tribes, the Muskegon speakers, were people living west of the Mississippi. Among them were the Creeks, the Chickasaws, and the Choctaws. Now, it is no easy task to simplify the variety of Native American cultures and civilizations in this short narrative. I did my best, but there's such a wealth of information that I barely scratched the surface. One thing that I can be certain of is that natives in the Americas lived a minimum of 15,000 years without influence from outside invaders. While they spent thousands of years adapting and changing to environmental factors, wars with other tribes, and other internal influences, nothing could have prepared them for the changes that would take place once they encountered people from across the ocean. Thank you once again for joining me on the History of Podcast. Before I sign off, just remember to make history every day. See you next time on the History of Podcast.